You are listening to the Lesson She Learned podcast, produced by the Base Agency and hosted by Zania Blue. This podcast is the place where we stop and reflect on the lessons we are learning in life and business. What can I say? It's the messy and the majestic process of growing through your business's awkward phase. Get comfortable as we dive into today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to just thank you guys for allowing me the freedom to kind of just interview people who I know bring so, so much value to the table. Um, I'm excited about this conversation. It was like riddled with just high level, high impact information and insight just from lived experience. Um, and you'll hear as we kind of break that down over the 50-ish minutes that we that we take to kind of just like talk about some of the lessons that we're learning in life and business. I did want to go ahead and put the little asterisk disclaimer on this sound quality. Listen, if you could be patient with me, <laughs> I could be patient with you. I recently figured out uh, what it, what kind of adjustments I would need to make in order for the audio to sound the way I want it to sound, feel the way that I want it to feel. And I recorded this interview after I found out those settings. So here we are um, with a premium conversation with some okay audio. Um, And I think that everything's pretty much clear. You might hear an ambulance or two, but that such is life. Um, But it's a fantastic episode and I just really don't want you to miss it. Um, Even though the transition from sound might go from A to B, uh, I just know that the the things we share, the lessons we are learning are absolutely priceless. And I wanted to put that on to kind of rubber stamp this episode. So proud of the conversation that we are able to have and the doors that we're opening for other people who are willing to kind of just blaze their own trail, have powerful and brave conversations and to just give you some insight into what it kind of looks like for women to be having conversations and loving on each other and healing in public um, and healing in private just kind of narrate that conversation with you guys and you know share these lessons and so I hope you enjoyed today's episode um and I'll talk to you in just a minute Welcome to the Lessons She Learned podcast. I am your host, Zania Blue. In every episode, we talk about the lessons we are learning in life and business. I work in marketing operations, helping coaches, consultants, and contractors to do inbound marketing their clients need in order to find the value that they need to provide. Today is special, guys. We have our very own Leah J. I want y'all to understand that when I bring people onto this podcast to have conversations with us, they're being real. They're being honest. They're being transparent about the lessons that they have learned. And it is no shock, especially if you've been in her community a little while, how transparent and how much Leah shares in her process, even helping other entrepreneurs along the way. 
She is founder of the Black Girls Do group, celebrating Black women in action. She has a newsletter really breaking down where people are working towards, what kind of things people are accomplishing. And she believes in creating and maintaining an impressively strong community. Leah J, can you hear me? I can hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for, for joining this conversation. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. This has been, what, a month in the making to uh, <laughs> have this conversation. So, yeah, I'm just like, let's get to it. Um, I'm glad that you really are focusing on uh, entrepreneurs or people in general going throughout this journey, uh, sharing their transparent uh, stories and really just, you know, we're taking away all the fluff and getting down to the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, during our during our pre podcast call, we were already like, I was like, dang, we should probably be recording. Uh, we were already getting into the thick of it, just talking about marketing, you know, with talking about the things we've applied, some of the things that we learned, some of the painful lessons, um, and some of the lessons that we are privileged to even see the other side of and to have that kind of understanding. But I want to start from the very beginning. Who is Leah J? So Leah J is a woman of influence. Uh, If I speak of myself in third person, excuse me, but (laughs) I'm a woman of many, where I wear many hats, including being a mom, being a daughter, but also a small business owner slash entrepreneur, influencer, and community builder. And so all of of these things, um, these things represent me at the core. I am hashtag living Leah, living my unapologetic journey and really just, owning my purpose in life um and so you can look at me when you go to an instagram page where i be like oh she loves to take fashionable photos yes because fashion is a part of my life oh she talks about um leveraging your social currency or your social value and how to monetize that yes because i'm walk i'm a walking testament to that i've been doing that for some years now black girls do um that is the community that i've created and it represents you being a black woman doing amazing things and really being a sisterhood and a resource of information, valuable information, but also a, a community where we give to one another. Uh, we dispel stereotypes against a uh, black woman in terms of competition. We are really collaborating and building it. Uh, it wouldn't be possible by myself. It's faster to get to the end point when you're working as a collective. Yeah. Okay. All right, so now that we have a little bit of the context, now that we have a little bit more of of the story, I want to know whether we're thinking early childhood, whether we're thinking um, teenage years or beyond, what do you think were some of the first lessons you learned that started to influence what you see and think of yourself? So my first lessons, uh, I think... Growing up, uh, well, not think, I know, watching my mom, she was the first influence that I had in terms of um, owning who you are and just really owning your voice and being true to who you are. Uh, so she was the first influence and actually the first um, walking lesson, um, watching day to day and really just seeing how she was able to uh, 
take what she was given, literally make lemon, you know, take um, lemonade. She had lemons, she made lemonade. And really she sowed seeds of encouragement and empowerment back into me just by speaking life into me. Um, she never went once was the one to say, you can't do anything. Literally, if I wanted to do anything, I was able to do it in this household. Uh, she provided the foundation. She gave me access to multiple opportunities uh, for me to really just figure out who I am. I'm not going to say that along the way there weren't a lot of, you know, um, uh, uphill battles um, and things that transpired life, you know, during that journey. But she was the one who, you know, she's the first representation of a black woman doing it all and just being themselves, herself. That's beautiful. Watching watching our mothers just like be this example, kind of showing us how we get to carry ourselves through the world and even speaking life into you early on. It kind of I don't know if it happens for everybody, but like the way that our parents speak to us sort of kind of become the narrative we hear in our head. It's the it's the voices in the language we hear before we ever hear our own. So I think that that makes that makes so much sense. And I think that that, that, that is just a little bit like where the seed came from of how you talk about or how you talk to other women, helping them to do the very same thing that your mother was able to do for you, plant seeds, water them, and, and create an environment where they can be nurtured and grow. When you were growing up, did you notice any natural skills or interest in your life that you feel like persisted from from early on um, until now? Uh, so one, I was always inquisitive. I was always um, a builder of sorts. And that it just kind of uh, segues into me being a community builder. But uh, I was always very hands on and always the one selected to speak in front of an audience or in front of a group. Uh, the one to be put out there in the forefront to use my voice. And so um, that is what I noticed growing up. And I never wavered, I guess, on anything. I knew what I wanted and it didn't matter how crazy it sounded or to the, to the public, but if it was, I always was in the best interest of me in terms of just really, living aloud and living unapologetically um so during like my younger years of high school even elementary i was the one being selected to speak i also um, were again afforded a lot of opportunities to explore all areas of even down to engineering entrepreneurship um going away to camp just experiences that my mom was able to like give to me i was able to just really you know, honing on all types of skills. But again, public speaking was one. Um, building things, taking things apart was another thing. And just always living in this, I don't know, creative bubble. Like I always had these amazing ideas and uh, this vision of what I wanted my life to be like. And so um, that was like my childhood. It was a it was a fun childhood. It was an amazing childhood. It was something that I was privileged to even uh, had the experience because we lived in where I live in a household where your voice mattered. And mm -hmm. so that also meant that I was able to just ex to be an ex, you know, to explore everything. Like nothing was off limits, no matter how crazy it sounded. Um, it was okay. I was able to explore. So that kind of leads me to like the question I was thinking about 
because of what you said. Well, first, I feel like we have that in common. I I also did like public speaking and I couldn't figure out like why it seemed like public speaking was like this big deal. I was just like, yeah, we, we just you just having a conversation in front of people. Like I I really just don't understand what's so special about it until I found out that like people are sometimes deathly afraid of opening up their mouth, being seen by people. Um, And I didn't realize that even having a comfort with that is its own gift. Um, But that leads me to my question. And you kind of started to answer it a little bit more, but I, I wanted to know if you could kind of like, you know, pull it all the way out for us. When did you realize that you could not only speak and you could not only, you know, be comfortably seen by any group of people in any environment. But when did you start to realize, man, I'm not just speaking. My voice is powerful. The reason that I even asked that question is because I was speaking so much. I, I used to do like debates. I was the person where that was just not frazzled enough to like, Anytime there was a group. I did debate too. Sorry. Really? I was in debate. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I did debate. Whenever there was a group project, they're like, listen, Zania is the least frazzled person here. (laughs) She can speak. (laughs) Girl, go ahead. And so, but there, there came a point where I actually started to quiet my voice a little bit because I was very nervous about what kind of influence I had. And I realized that if I wasn't careful and if I wasn't thoughtful, I could be a danger. Mm. And so I started to kind of like police my voice because I realized I'm a little persuasive, you know, and and I could if I don't know what I'm talking about, if I don't know, you know, the, the true context or the true situation, I could lead us both astray. And so I started to really tailor and taper my voice and that's around the time I started to realize my voice is powerful. And if I'm going to speak, I better mean it. When did you realize my voice is powerful? Ooh, so early on, um, I, I will share this. Uh, during, like, I was fearless. Um, <laughs> during my younger years, uh, uh, high school, um, elementary stuff like that so I, I was just fearless during those times but as life happened and as I got older I started policing myself I my voice became smaller um quieter I because during those times um I did have my oldest daughter at well I got pregnant at 18 had her at 19 so I kind of considered it like still teenage years and um experiencing a traumatic event um, and then in those in-between times, that's where the voice that I had, I lost it. Um, and so I was searching for it and I really, the power somehow, it was still there. It just was in a box that I just myself really had thrown away access to. And so I was on that journey of just trying to figure out who I am in between time. And so I really didn't, uh, own the voice again or open the box back up until uh, my second child was born. And again, that was after something traumatic had happened. And I had to really, uh, God has his way, his way of just telling you to silence yourself and to listen to him. And so uh, I shared this last night somewhere else that 
I had that moment of where I had to sit down because um, when my before my second child was born, I had experienced a ruptured ectopic pregnancy and oh, wow. I had almost lost my life. And so I had no choice or I was, it was a point of you have to figure out what you want to do with your life right now. And so during that time, that was the quiet hours. That was where I had to really uh, examine all of what I explored in my life beforehand. And then I was blessed to be able to have another child. And so during that process as well, uh, conversations with God and myself were transpiring. They were happening in real time. And so somehow I had that aha moment again in the comfort, in the silence, in the darkness, which was just me my God, and God. And he was like, I've given you a second chance. So what are you going to do with it? Are you going to live up to your potential or are you just going to still be stagnant in the comfortable, in, in your comfortable position of just being um, and just existing and not living? And so I took that and I ran with it. So um, two years into my youngest being born, well, which was two, I literally was like, you know what? Uh, I have a purpose in life. There's some things that I want to accomplish. There's some things that I want to set a foundation for for my children. Um, how dare I not live up to my full potential? How dare I squander away opportunities? And how dare I literally take what my mom uh, sacrificed to give to me and not do anything with. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my entrepreneurial journey. And um, things do come full circle. And in the midst of that, my mom was a single mom raising me on her own. Uh, the relationship with my dad was non-existent for a while until my oldest was born. But unfortunately, he passed away when she was two. But during that time and understanding his story, we were able to come to terms with um, accepting his uh, his absence as a way of understanding that people only love you at the level in which they know how or which they are in that point of life. And so I knew him, the stories about him, and um, I knew of him and having conversations with him. He was too an entrepreneur. He was very gifted. He um, A lot of things that I possess or qualities that I possess, he literally... I am like a 2.0 version of him, so to speak. And so all of those things, those conversations and stuff like that really uh, created the, that epiphany moment where it was like, go time, go time. And so I created um, a blog called Fresh Daily Inc., uh, where it focused on creators here in D.C. Uh, I was able to like attend major red carpet events. I started, my name started popping up, becoming, you know, influencer deals and stuff like that again I had a community of women under me and so it was just like boom 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 once I got out of my own way literally to wrap it up and land the plane literally you have to get out of your own way uh, I was able to become Leah J and I am here having a conversation with you so again it's always you know when you're younger you're fear you're fearless you're never fearful and so the world is your oyster however when you get into becoming an adult, it's just the world gets to you. And so I say reach back into that bag of being a youth and being fearless. And once you like go back and you circle back, it's like, wait, why am I silencing my voice? Why am I policing it? Why am I doing all what, what 
the why in this. Like I'm only doing a disservice to myself and it's my gift can be impactful. So uh, that's essentially like the story. There is some other things in between it, but I don't want to get too deep into that because girl, that's like <laughs> the unpack. But actually, that's, I, that's the journey. <laughs> I totally got you. I I wanted to. There are a few a few heavy things that I wanted to kind of like just pull out, um, just in case somebody might need the details. Um, when you were talking about looking at a challenging moment, looking at a challenging situation, and deciding to see something different. Sometimes when we're looking at, you know, the challenges that are before us, the challenge that feels insurmountable, that we can't feel like, we can't even imagine living life working through this challenge. We feel like we almost don't even deserve it. Um, And you talked about being able to look at this moment and see something other than difficulty. You started to be able to look at this moment and you started looking for light in different places. You started leaning on God to to give you the clarity and the insight you needed in order to be able to move forward. If you could summarize an action step that you can give to somebody, if they're in that dark place looking for comfort and there's no light to be found, what do you have for them? Wow, that's an amazing question. Uh, the light is is in you. Uh, the purpose is in you. Uh, you just have to have those. Really, you have to get real with yourself. That's the first thing. Um, you have to really ask yourself those important questions about uh, uh, life in general and how you react to your circumstance. Um, they say your circumstance doesn't de- define your defining your reaction does and so uh, during that time I had to really sit down and be like wait maybe life is life and it's happening to me however how I react to it determines the outcome and Mm -hmm. so that was the actionable step like how are you reacting and so once I determined how I was reacting then I was able to now create um, other steps after that to figure out what was triggering those uh, illicit emotions and um, how to really uh, sift through the um, the clutter. And so why I reacted to certain things. And that took, that's just self-evaluation. Like that's the, honestly, that's the first step, self-evaluation. You, The blame game has to end with you. Mm. Like you can't, anyone else, about your failures or or you being successful like no one is in control of your narrative you are the author of your book you determine the characters and the roles that they play and so at the end of the day it's up to you to determine how you're going to react to whatever's thrown your way are you like how are you dodging how are you moving um are you going to take it in you know just and how do you internalize these things and so uh, i had to really ask myself those questions and really um, hold myself accountable. Accountability is the second part to it. Ask yourself questions. You may not like the answers to them because they make you reevaluate a lot of your reactions. And then next thing is now hold yourself accountable for the part that you've played in that those situations. 
and then you just have to move forward. You use those situations as a learning lesson, um, a learning lesson for yourself. Wow. Okay. So now that we started to work through some of the the backstory challenges um, that you that you had started to persevere through, and we started to to kind of get a, a sneak peek into. Um, how you started to get um, into the line of just like writing, starting your blog um, and even starting to become or have um, like this influencer level of like influence where you're, you're able to kind of represent people or represent communities. What made you realize that you wanted to be sharing more? Um, what, what kind of topics or, or themes did you feel like this is what we need to be talking about. This is what we need to be thinking about that you started to add to the, to the narrative or to the, to the broader conversation. Uh, um, so listen, oh, my dog is acting a fool right now. So I'm like trying to listen to you and pay attention to her. She's tripping because she likes the limelight. Whenever she hears a voice, <laughs> she wants to join it in the conversation, especially when I'm talking to someone. So excuse me if I, um, got a little bit discombobulated was like wait what um because miss b is tripping right now but uh can you repeat the question <laughs> absolutely so what what is it that made you realize you know what i think i need to be adding this topic or this theme to the conversation i think i need to be you know bringing this to the narrative so that this is something we think about so that this is something we can talk about amongst ourselves when you were uh, kind of starting out your blog and starting to create those conversations um so i just created what i again i create what i want want to see i create what represents me and what so and what surrounds me um i started as i started my entrepreneurial journey uh, or creatives or in general I have creative people around me I felt like they need a representation I felt like their stories needed to be heard I, I, I knew that it was a need for us black women to have representation and so instead of with me waiting for someone to even acknowledge I exist or my presence or those around me I just said hey I'm going to create the whole experience and I'm going to show you that this is what's happening here in D.C. And this is what needs to be acknowledged and seen. And if the visibility isn't isn't there, why not just create something that can create it? Like I'm a creative at heart, so just I saw it. I knew it was a need for it. I, it was happening around me, and so I created the platform. I was like, "This is what I want to see." Uh, it wasn't more so in, in a way you could call it could, it could be considered a little bit selfish, but in a way, I want to create my own. Like I'm big on creating what my own narrative i'm big on just creating things and communities that represent me the people around me and so that was just the inspiration um whatever I, whatever i see i can achieve it i do i mean i wake up with that idea and if it's something that's on my heart and i understand behind it i'm going to do it you know i think that makes a lot of sense for a few reasons i one of the like when i first kind of heard about you know who influencers were and what influencers were doing I think one of the reasons people accepted them and the reason they were so revolutionary at the um like in the very beginning especially for people and women of color was because in the media you don't control that narrative and the challenge we had been having and that we still tend to have is that 
the media will control the vision or the idea or the picture of what life looks like in a community, but it's almost always skewed. It, it never really shows the true picture. It never shows the beauty. It never shows the art. It never shows the nuance. It only shows kind of like chaos and survival. Um, and so I remember kind of looking at it and being like, it's nice to see a different image. And so when you say that you saw essentially this gap in the media marketplace, that resonates with me because I remember kind of seeing all of these fancy, luxury, happy Black women and being like, if they had never shown me this, I would have always, I would have been stuck imagining something I never had seen. Mm -hmm. And so hearing you say, okay, well, there was a lack of representation. There, there was a lack of conversation. There was even a lack of value or even seriousness in this arena. So I decided to bring it to the table. I think that that makes so much sense. And it brings me to my next question. What made you realize that you needed to be sharing more about marketing with your audience as you were building out and developing this brand and community? So uh, in terms of branding and marketing, I this just happened. I guess this was the pivot for the brand. Um, I started something called $10 IG Audit about, is it two years ago? Or whenever the, the, the shutdown first happened. And so I saw that there was a need for people um, to really brand themselves in terms of creating an a Instagram presence or uh, really teach them about um, marketing or, you know, the perception is really the value of your company uh, sustainability by using dig digital platforms. And so I started just by offering like revamp Instagram themes and I will go to your page and audit it and just tell you some tips and suggestions that I saw that needed to be done. But I didn't know inadvertently that my path was leading me here, that I was uh, branding and marketing myself and learning all about this particular industry um, through the things that I was doing. Cause I was developing a brand. I was developing a brand voice. I was developing brand consistency. I was developing this living Leah brand. And so I was doing this, um, well, majority of it, like on my own, I do, you know, in the back channel, like PR is something that's extremely important. Shantavia has been my PR person. So that's just another extension of branding yourself and understanding what marketing looks like. But uh, I was doing all of this, building a community on my own and really understanding that it's all about strategy and uh, how do you show up? on these platforms as yourself and stuff like that. And so once the shutdown happened, hey, for real, I got fired from my job. I needed some income. Talk about what you know. And then that just blew up. And I was like, damn, like, wait, people really need this. And so uh, that turned into leverage your um, content, coaching, and consulting, where then I was like, but wait, now the tide is turning. Uh, people are understanding that strategy really is important, but uh, strategy also means that you have to know what branding is and that branding is separate from marketing and that mm -hmm. um, um, 
the the perception of your business or you really holds value and that is your social currency but in between time now uh you have to pay attention to what's happening and what the needs of your consumer are is in that um community is what is going to sustain your brand and it, allowing or giving people or providing them with that valuable information by having them understand that these brands didn't survive just off of you know the logo alone even though there's psychology behind colors and stuff like that they really built the perception up they really added value they really understood a way to connect to the consumer but they also knew that they had to incorporate uh community building or nurturing their community or understanding that the power is within the community. Let me say that the power is within the community itself, not necessarily the person, but the community is what uh, propels a brand or that is your social proof. Mm -hmm. So have you noticed a trend with people who might be struggling or hesitating um, to deliberately develop and market their their value or their brand? Have you noticed any trends with the people who are like, mm, I want to, but I'm not sure. I'm a little nervous, but you know, I, I'm not sure what I should do next. Have you noticed any trends with those people who are struggling? I have. And so one, um, we are living in the time of COVID. Like things are like life is life and there is a lot of uh, things happening. You have augmented reality. Like, it's just so much going on that you have to also uh, incorporate now into your strategy. But people tend to pay attention too much to what others are doing. And then, mm -hmm. too, they don't necessarily understand that before you utilize any platform, you, you have to have a purpose. Like, there's a purpose of why you're utilizing Instagram, uh, there should be some goals behind it. Um, to just post is not going to work anymore. You have to just post with intention. And if you're not uh, un uh, working on a brand story or using your brand story to leverage, it's kind of like pointless to a, to an extent because we are in the in the in society now. We are looking to connect with something that we're probably missing within our households or within ourselves. We need that community. Community is like the, the hot word because it's extremely important because people are looking to belong. They're looking for someone to provide some source of value, inspiration, or solution to what they're currently facing. And so just saying, hey, I'm going to start a business. One, you need to have a business model. Two, you have to do your market research. You have to understand what branding is. And then you can go on a platform and uh, promote or sell whatever it is that you want to do. But do your homework first. We don't do our homework. We tend to just be like, I, I get it. They say sometimes you have to do it. But just doing it, too, can um, also create more headaches <laughs> than you want. <laughs> and headaches in entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial wor world is loss of revenue, money. Yeah, all of those headaches when if you just, you know, took your time to really sit down, build a solid foundation, build some structure, and then take that and use a platform such as Instagram to really do what you need to do, whatever that goal is for your business. And so the, the trends are 
just people just not having a clue like okay i'm just going to think i'm going to post this product and hope that it sells uh hope <laughs> in in the business world doesn't convert like you <laughs> hope it's going to sell no it doesn't happen that way you have to put thought behind it uh and then to understanding the kind of content that you want to create like you posting a photo is okay but what ha- you know you can't just post a photo and think that somebody's going to automatically uh, connect to it or want more of it you have to give them context to it and so at this point in time i'm really big on teaching people about brand marketing community building and um strategic brand partnerships and collaborations but with the emphasis on showing up as your authentic self and being okay with sharing your brand story um selling is more of an emotional thing than a logical thing yeah and so (laughs) so I just you said so much goodness that I wanted to just go ahead and go pick it up so when you were talking about the business model and being able to have a strong business model for yourself um, and for your business. I wanted to I wanted to highlight this lesson um, that you were talking about, because I feel like one of the biggest challenges that I had early on was trying to sell, trying to market and trying to do everything I had seen or everything my business coaches might have even been doing. But I wasn't considering my personal business model. And one of the things I I, I literally wrote a, um, an article about this uh, just yesterday. But one of the things about uh, about choosing your business model is that it considers what you can contribute in resources. And it also considers your capacity. Now, your business model in phase one might look very different from phase two, phase three, or phase four, but knowing your business model will make sure you aren't playing around poorly in someone else's lane, but you can stand stably in a lane of your own within your business. And so I really wanted to go ahead and just like highlight that point. And then you went on to say the market research. I think that the phases we're talking about before we even get to the marketing or the glamorous, this is the unsexy. Like this is this is the thing that people are like, mm, I'm really not trying to do all of that. I'm really just trying to sell. I'm, I'm, I'm really just trying to, you know, build this community. I'm really just trying to develop this offer without what what we're talking about right now. It's going to the environment that you're trying to create within your offer. And so when you're doing that market research that you were just breaking down, you are learning the language and learning about the intensity of the problem of your customer. And I think that one of the hard lessons I had to learn was that when I was low or skipping or kind of like holding back in my market research, I realized even though my customer and I both spoke English, I didn't know how to talk to them about their problem because I had no idea the consequences of having a problem like this. I had no idea how painful it was to them. I just thought it was a problem that needed solving. I just thought, I know that there's some demand out there, but I hadn't looked enough into it 
to start to see the root of it and to start to understand even the value that my customers are placing on solving a problem like this. And so when you're talking about, you know, that business model, that market research, and then even transitioning it, transitioning it into a strong offer, this is the pre-work before the brand is developed. This is the pre-work that, that happens underground. And a lot of the times when we are hot with the idea, we don't want to go underground. First of all, this is a fantastic idea and the world should see it. But if the world gets their hands on it before we're ready, before the concept is mature, they'll choke it out. And so I just love that you were bringing up some, some of those fundamentals. I just love that you were bringing up a lot of those things that come before even the branding and the marketing that's so widely publicized or that we all feel like we know so well. Because without those, those pillars underground, the brand won't stand and the marketing won't land. Because at the end of the day, by the time it's time to create content, you have to know how to reach them. You have to know where they are. You, you have to know how to say things that register with how they feel about this problem. And it has to resonate in a way that shows that you don't just want my dollar, you wanna solve my problem. And so I just wanted to highlight those lessons because as we talk about the things in life and we talk about the things in business, it's so easy to assume that it's all glamor but the reality of it is it's all service. Mm. And so I want to know what has been one of the most pivotal lessons, business lessons you feel like you've learned so far. Ooh. Oh, there's a couple though. One, <laughs> um, second guessing uh, myself, uh, being afraid to show up as me and uh in the, in the age of social media, so this is like more into business because it, it, it um, feeds into one another. But in the age of social media, woo, we, we, somebody else's win, we kind of, uh, we're like cheering you on, but at the same time, we're discounting the imposter syndrome happens a lot. And so there was a, um, a point in time where uh, imposter syndrome really kicked in and I was like, uh, why are you considering yourself this person? Like you, what makes you think that you can tell somebody how to monetize their influence or how to do this and how to do that? But then again, it was like, why not? And so uh, that was like something that really, um, ooh, that was, that was a, I, how long I'm looking at my mother like mom I went through that for like oh I think last year I think COVID too was like woo but all those things um, uh, that imposter syndrome was like a if we're talking on the the personal end because mindset plays a part in this journey as well and so uh imposter syndrome was kicking my ass and so business wise that allowed me to stay or hindered me from reaching those people who needed my services or needed to be a part of my community because I didn't believe in myself. And so that had me fumbling bags of money. And then to uh, money is money's real. There's going to be a lot of zero income days. 
Um, <laughs> people don't talk about that. We hear all the time uh, the receipts of, you know, somebody made $10,000 a day. But how? look, it took literally 20,000 steps to get to those $10,000 days. Mm. And so that just doesn't happen overnight as well. And so that plays a part into it. But I don't think I answered your question. You did. You talk, You was talking about some of the, the challenges or the big business lessons you feel like you were learning um, okay. that you feel like were definitely impacting the process. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Imposter syndrome will impact the process. And, it, it, and that's something that you don't necessarily get over. You just learn to deal with. You have to, once you, you feel yourself um, going through that, again, about how you react to it. And it's okay to take a moment to just step back and breathe and say, hey, have that conversation with yourself. And so that is one of the biggest hindrance in becoming successful um, mindset and habits. Mm-hmm. You have to change your habits. You have to change your mindset. And until you do all of those things, even now, I'm still struggling with that. You won't be as successful as you, as you could be. Because your habits really dictate your success. How you wake up, how you go to sleep, the in-between, how are you managing your time, are you creating those boundaries? All of that plays a part in being success successful, and they don't talk about that. So um, I'm here talking about it, and that's why we had these conversations on Clubhouse. Uh, let's tear away the packaging and get to the contents of what's inside. Um, it's not glamorous. Uh, we, we focus on the glam. No one wants to hear or no one likes ugly, you know? No one wants to see the ugliness of it. But the ugliness is what um, creates that, that beautiful picture, the, the brush strokes of the image and stuff like that. And so that's the, that's the inner workings of it, the behind the scenes, the days where, the, again, there's zero income. And you have two children who are uh, relying on you, but you're blessed to have a foundation that helps provide for them as well. But still, it's like, okay, you know, I have to make money. And making money requires uh, you to have some things implemented, some, some steps, some strategy behind it. So those are the, the ugly truths of the business. There's going to be more nights of zero than more than days of ten thousand dollar days, like absolutely, especially early on in the process. And so, last question: What are your go-to habits to help you maintain your focus as you do your work? Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to ask this is because I talk a lot about productivity. I talk about um, kind of maintaining focus, but I know that everybody's minds work a little bit differently, and sometimes it takes just knowing yourself well enough to know what keeps you on track. And so for you personally, what are some of those habits or what are some of those things that you might be doing to help you maintain the work focus, despite some of the things that might come up because imposter syndrome is, is real and it comes in waves. (laughs) And so there are so many different things that might show up and try to present this challenge, but how, how are you kind of using your habits or certain behaviors to help you work through it and stay focused? So I really didn't start mindset shifting until 
COVID happened until I got into therapy. Therapy is something that I recommend for people um, until I understood that I had an issue that my brain is always on rapid fire. And so I had to, uh, one, start to uh, center myself uh, by just breathing, um, learning that uh, distractions or uh having some sort of time management. I'm still working on that, y'all, for real. But time management plays a big part. So, you know, creating the schedule is extremely important for me. Um, time blocking. Uh, um, also, just, you know, having time for myself, too. Like, it's okay to stop. It's okay yeah. to shut down and say not today and be fine with that. And so on a back end too, uh, having systems in place. So when those things do happen or automations in place, when I'm like, I can't do it today, but my business is still running. And that requires me investing into myself with a coach or investing into my business with systems or adding to the team and asking for help. So those are all like uh, things that you have to, the what that will help you manage um and stay focused uh, entre the entrepreneurial journey should not be a single person journey mm. if you continue on that way you're going to experience burnout you're not going to be as successful as you can be you'll start to learn that a team is required for growth um time management having boundaries personal boundaries professional boundaries is important understanding how your brain works and how you take in information and how you give information out like that's extremely important you have to learn your learn well you have to know how you learn like everyone has a learning type understanding that and how that functions within your business and within your household and you won't uh it takes a while for people to even want to um, acknowledge all those things. So that doesn't happen overnight. It took me about eight years to even get to this point of having this type of conversation and really acknowledging certain things about myself and why it may have been a hindrance to the growth of my business. But then too, you know, entrepreneurship is a hands-on journey. So I'm literally, I'm growing with the brand and the brand is growing with me. But now I'm in a place to say, hey, I could be this resource. So that took a while. But all those things really play a big part in the success of you personally and professionally. You have to, it's mind work. Like it's mindset. Like you ask any millionaire, even listening to these audibles, they're going to say, you got to change your perspective. Once you change your perspective, your perspective and your relationship with success and money, everything else starts to came, come into um, fruition. Everything starts to make sense. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. That, that was it for me. <laughs> um, when you were talking about how you have to learn how you think, I spent, I feel like I spent anywhere between five and seven years trying to learn or figure out maybe even longer how I think. And it was like the simplest task that seemed like they shouldn't, shouldn't take any real time that was taking me the longest time. And it was because like, 
I had learned the quote unquote right way to do things in certain environments. But when you are in an environment and you make the rules, you don't have to like, you don't have to build an impediment for yourself. You can do things in a way that's the most natural and the most organic to how you see, how you understand. And that freedom in learning yourself, learning your processes and learning how you truly function and giving yourself the space and the opportunity to not just build the business independently, but to be built in the process is magical. And so thank you so much for this conversation. It is so enlightening. I'm so excited to hear the things that our listeners have started to get from this conversation, the insight, the things that you have shared light on. Where can we find you online? Ooh, ooh, listen, you can find me any and everywhere. No, really, uh, Instagram is the one-stop shop. So if you follow me on Instagram at it's Leah underscore J, I have a link tree in my profile and you can see all of my interviews. I have to update that. You can see um, leverage your content coaching and consulting. If you want to sit down and have a one-on-one with me in terms of right, re- if you're ready to brand yourself, but do it in a way that's authentic to you while you're community building, I'm your go-to. I believe in that your story is what people are going to connect to you. Um, I'm on Facebook. Leah J or Leah Johnson, Black Girls Do is around. Follow us at Black Girls Do on Instagram. You really want to have some dope conversations with like-minded women, women who are a representation of you or who would look just like you, say, um, share similar interests. Follow us on uh, Clubhouse at Black Girls Do, celebrating Black women in action. So there's so many different platforms in which you can join my community, uh, be a part of my journey. Uh, and really, you know, just have fun. And also that's the thing. I'm having fun by doing me. Like I'm living Leah, hashtag living Leah. This is my personal journey. Thank you so much. This conversation was so good. It felt so good. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that we were able to have this conversation. I look forward to more conversations that we're able to have. I feel like we knew that this was going to be a, a, a long one because we knew that we had so much we wanted to talk about and so much we wanted to unpack. I would love to have you back to, to even talk through some specific topics or specific things now that we kind of know your story, now that your family, <laughs> um, I'm excited so excited um to to not only have you here but to also be able to be a part of your community as well and to be able to see the the safety um of the environments that you are building and the way that you are building them with so much love and care and concern um so that any woman who enters the space can learn how to stand and speak in her own peace and in her own power no matter what room she's in kind of just transitioning that authority from the place they might find it, whether they're within themselves or whether they're kind of just learning to use their voice within the community um, and then taking that even out beyond into the world so that they can have their impact. Thank you again um, for this conversation. Um, And you guys, I'm going to link all of um, the places you can find Leah um, right here in the show notes so that you don't have to go far um, to be able to go ahead and get connected. And so until next time. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I had a lot of fun recording it and just thinking creatively about 
different aspects of business and different lessons that we're all learning along the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to see like a quote or a snippet um, that felt that you felt like really resonated with you. Um, feel free to tag me on Instagram at the Base Agency Group um, for shares. And if you have any questions that you wanted to ask, or if you have any topics that you would love to see broken down, um, or even love for us to kind of reflect on as like a case study, we absolutely can. And of course, if you really enjoyed today's episode and you wanted to kind of take your love to the next level, uh, feel free to leave us a review, rate and review, because it helps people just like you who need tips just like these to go ahead and develop their business with clarity and confidence. And so feel free to support just in that way, leaving that review, leaving those stars, and we will see you next time.